Everyone has questions. Why am I here? Where will I go when I die? Is there really truth? But not everyone has biblical answers. Welcome to The Pastor Study, a ministry of pastorstudy.org. Join us now as we study the Bible to draw closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here is Pastor Tom Brock. Welcome to the Pastor's Study. They say if you want to avoid an argument, don't bring up politics or religion. Well, this half hour, we're going to talk about both of them, politics and religion. We're going to study the passage in the Bible regarding God and government. And you might say, well, I don't think God should be involved in our government. Well, he is, whether you want him to be or not. So let's, let's ask some questions before we begin. Let's say it's, it's 1521 and the government, Charles V, the emperor of the Holy Roman Empire, declares Martin Luther a heretic, puts the ban of the empire on Martin Luther. Anybody that finds Luther can kill him. Do you kill Luther? Let's say it's 1941. Adolf Hitler says, if you're hiding Jews, tell the Gestapo. You've got Jews in your attic. Do you obey the government and tell the Gestapo? Let's say you live in the state of Minnesota, and years ago, the Supreme Court of Minnesota declares in the Gomez decision, we have to pay for abortions with tax dollars. Now we pay for lots of abortions with tax dollars in the state of Minnesota. Do you pay your taxes? All right, let's turn to church government. Um, let's say that you are an ELCA Lutheran or a PCUSA Presbyterian and you discover these denominations pay for abortion for any reason in its health care plan that is funded by your offering dollars. Do you give your offerings to those churches? Well, all this has to do with the question, when do you submit to the government, be it secular or church government, and when do you disobey? Would you take out your Bible, turn to Romans chapter 13, and before we get into this, let's pray. Father, we live in a day and age where the American government now is trying to force Christians to do homosexual weddings, uh, trying to force Catholics to pay for contraceptives. We just live in a strange day. And Father, we would pray you'd help each one of us be faithful, to stand up, to be willing to suffer, and God, teach us now when to obey, when not, and we ask your Holy Spirit, come speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Romans chapter 13, the Apostle Paul writes this in verse 1 to the Christians at Rome. Every person is to be subject to the governing authorities. Governing authorities would mean Caesar, the Roman soldiers, Modern day would be the police, the Supreme Court, the president, the mayor, etc. First lesson from this passage. We are always subject, we don't always obey. For instance, I know a pastor that, that I have a lot of respect for. He's been arrested three times for sitting in front of an abortion clinic. Now, is he subjecting himself to the government? He is. Because he says, okay, I'm ready to go to jail. Is he obeying the government? 
No, but he's subject to the government. Um, I, I mean, for instance, if the day comes when the government says, Pastor, you have to marry this homosexual couple or we're taking away your tax-exempt status, at that point, we say, okay, I subject to that, take away my status, but I'm not obeying what you're telling me to do. I'm, I'm taking this from Acts chapter 5, where the Jewish authorities say to the apostles, stop talking about Jesus. And the apostles respond, we must obey God rather than man. So, so my point here is, 99% of the time you do obey the government, but then there's that 1% of the time when we have to say, no, we'll subject ourselves to the government, I'll go to jail, but I'm not going to obey. This is also true when it comes to church government. In the 1500s, the Pope, the church government, said to Martin Luther, you must stop preaching. Well, Martin Luther was a good Catholic monk. He agonized over that decision, and finally he said his famous words at the trial, quote, it is neither safe nor right to go against conscience or scripture. My conscience is bound to the word of God. Here I stand, I can do no other. God help me. That sentence almost cost Luther his life, but his point was, when it comes to obeying secular government or church government, if they, those governments violate the written word of God, we obey the Bible, not the government. For instance, the ELCA Lutherans recently had their big teen convention in Detroit, thousands of ELCA Lutheran teenagers. A Lutheran bishop got up at the microphone. He's been married to his wife for 40 years. He has children, and he said the Holy Spirit moved him to do this. He proclaimed his homosexuality to the teenagers, basically saying, this is who I am. And What? And then he said, excuse my language, Years ago, when I was struggling on whether to be a pastor, God said to me, you a-hole, why don't you respond to my call? God called him that? Who are these people? There's an example of a bishop, of a church government person, you don't want to subject yourself to. Now, look back at verse 1. For there is no authority except from God, and those which exist are established by God. Here's the next lesson. All government has been instituted by God. Now that's a strange truth to have to swallow. You mean Adolf Hitler was instituted by God? Or Stalin, who even killed more people than Hitler? Or Mao Zedong from China, who supposedly killed more than Hitler and Stalin combined? These men are instituted by God. Look what it says. And Paul's talking about the evil Roman Caesars here. Every authority is instituted by God. How are we to understand that? Well, Romans 8.28, later in the book, Paul will say, we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love him. In other words, in some mysterious way that we don't understand, God allows evil people to become president or senator for reasons we may not understand. But, you know, you get the government you deserve. I think what's happening in America, we're getting the government we voted in. We deserve what we're getting right now. And maybe one reason God allows evil in government is finally to get us Christians on our knees praying for our government. 
Look at verse 2. Therefore, whoever resists authority has opposed the ordinance of God, and they who have opposed will receive condemnation upon themselves. Here's the next lesson. Normally, when you break the law, you are also sinning. I mean, I used to speed. Then I took a course in Romans, and the professor got to Romans chapter 13, and he says, you know, if it says 65, and you're going uh, 75, you're sinning. Because God says, obey the law. I haven't been able to speed in full conscience since. Look at verse 3. For rulers, policemen will say, are not a cause of fear for good behavior, but for evil behavior. Do you want to have no fear of authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise from the same. In other words, in my speeding days, if I'd pass a billboard with a policeman hiding behind it, my heart would go boom, 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 boom. Now that I don't speed anymore, I have no fear of the police. <laughs> um, look at verse 4. For it, the government, is a servant of God for your good. But if you do what is evil, be afraid. For it, the government, does not bear the sword for nothing. For it, the government, is a servant of God, an avenger who brings wrath on the one who practices evil. Next lesson. The government is God's servant for your good. Three times in Romans 13, twice in this verse and then later in verse 6, three times Paul says the government is God's servant for your good, which means God is a God of order. He wants order in society. I'm glad we have police. If we didn't have police and, and judges, we'd have chaos in our society. So to prevent Utter chaos, God has given us government. Even bad government normally does what's right when it comes to right and wrong. You've heard the old saying, when Mussolini ran Italy, the trains ran on time. Meaning that even though Mussolini was a monster and a fascist dictator, he still brought order to the government. And that, that's what Paul is saying here. Even horrible governments like ancient Rome and the Caesars were God's servants because they kept order in society so the gospel could be preached and spread to the world. Verse, before we leave verse 4, though, look at verse 4 and answer this question. Does the Bible allow for the death penalty? I think you read Romans chapter 13, verse 4. I think the answer is yes, it does. Now let's look at verse 5. Therefore, it is necessary to be in subjection to the government, not only because of wrath, but also for conscience sake. In other words, I obey the law not only to keep God from being mad at me, but also because as a Christian I've got a conscience and I want to do what's right. Verse 6. For because of this you also pay taxes. For rulers are servants of God, devoting themselves to this very thing. Next lesson, behold the sovereignty of God in verse 6 there. That, that these Roman pagan Caesars who worship Zeus and Aphrodite and Hermes, they don't even know who the true God is. They are servants of that true God without even knowing it. I mean, do you remember when Caesar Augustus issued an order that all the world should be taxed? He had no clue that God was using him as a pawn to get Mary and Joseph in time 
to Bethlehem to fulfill Micah chapter 5 that the Christ had to be born in Bethlehem. Again, this is kind of amazing that these pagan evil rulers that don't even know the true God are being used by God to keep order in society. Verse 7. Render to all what is due to them, tax to whom tax is due, custom to whom custom is due, fear to whom fear is due. Here's the next lesson. Pay your taxes. I discovered some time ago that I had underpaid my taxes. Now nobody would have caught it, but I did. And so I wrote a check to the government. I said, sorry, and I, I, I paid uh, the extra. Now, again, nobody would have caught it, but I like to sleep at night. And this verse says you pay your taxes. Do you pay your taxes? Do you cheat on your taxes? The, this verse says if you're a Christian, you pay your taxes. And then verse 7 says, and give honor to whom honor is due. Next lesson, honor those in authority. I wrote a very liberal Minnesota senator some time ago. Very, he was very pro-abortion, pro-homosexuality, stuff that I don't believe in. When I wrote him a letter, I didn't say, dear jerk, dear idiot, dear numbskull. I was very polite, because this verse says, we are to show honor to whom honor is due. Well, that's Paul's take on the relationship between God and government. Can I just give you one more point, though? And this Paul says in a different book. This comes from 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 where Paul says this. First of all, I urge that entreaties and prayers, petitions and thanksgivings be made on behalf of all men for kings and for all who are in authority that we Christians may lead a quiet and tranquil life in all godliness and dignity. So here's the last point, maybe the most important one. Pray for your government. Before you go to bed tonight, would you pray for the United States, for the President, for the Supreme Court, for the Senate, for the Congress, for the, the mayor of your town, for the police. Pray for world governments that somehow some of these nations that are beheading Christians will get good government. Just, just take some time tonight, would you please, and pray for the government. Amen. Welcome to the portion of the pastor's study where we now ask Pastor Brock to share with us his knowledge of scripture and his insights to answer questions we have regarding the Bible, our Lord, and our everyday walk with him. Pastor Brock, as long as we're talking about Christians obeying the government, I have some questions for you on this. Mm -hmm. um, if a government says that doctors have to perform abortions, should a doctor have to submit to that? There's an instance where I think we need Christian's doctors to say, I'll go to jail before I do an abortion. Or, you know, there are some states, that, one state I'm thinking of, I think it was Illinois, that was trying to force uh, pharmacists to give out the abortion pill, and some were saying, I can't do that. And I think, at, at the moment, the Christians have won on that. But Jackie, if the government says, kill the baby, the doctor, if he's a Christian, has to say, I will not kill a baby, even if you take away my license. I mean, Jackie, this is what's happening now in Oregon and in New, New Mexico. Christian bakers and florists are saying, look, I can't make a, 
wedding cake and put two men on the top. That violates my conscience. This dear Christian grandma lost her bakery in Oregon because of the fees that they put upon her and just the protests that the liberals were, were doing on the poor gal. So th we're, we're entering strange waters now. We're, we're returning to ancient Rome is what we're doing. Okay. Why does God want the government to maintain order? You know, for two reasons, so the gospel can spread. If there's utter, I mean, do you, do you know why the gospel spread so quickly when the apostles were uh, preaching in the first century? The Roman government had the Pax Romana, the Roman peace, all over the civilized world. The Roman government had roads, they got a common language, and so when the gospel hit, it spread all the way up to England from, from Rome eventually because they, there was kind of one common language even though there were you know, different languages but a lot of people spoke the Latin or whatever and so Jackie one reason God wants, good, uh, wants government, even evil government, is because it keeps order so the gospel can spread and for the protection of citizens. Okay well you maybe kind of sort of answered my next question for you is you know why does God want the government to maintain that order? And you said an evil government can be used by God for good. Can mm -hmm. you give me an example of that? Yeah, I mean, I think if uh, Mussolini, Mussolini was an awful tyrant, but the trains ran on time. I, I, I won't use any specific politicians' names now, but, but we have people in government that are evil, promoting things that they should not, but they also support the police to keep you from getting your purse robbed when you walk down the street. So even evil leaders generally will, will support right and wrong, even though on some big issues they've got blind spots. But they have to enforce the law. Yeah, they do. And that's so. why we, Christ, I, part of Jackie, of the reason we have Christians getting the government on their neck for abortion and, and homosexual marriage is because Christian people voted in people in the office that didn't hold their Christian views. Okay. What does the sovereign, sovereignty of God mean? Sovereignty, whoops, uh, sovereignty means that God is in control of absolutely everything. See, God's in control of, you know, the Caesars, Jackie, throw, threw Christians to the lions for 300 years. That is the government of which Paul, who himself probably was beheaded by that same government, the early church history says that Paul was beheaded in Rome by Caesar. <laughs> he says, Paul writes in Romans 13, even those e that evil government is a servant of God to keep order in society. But they, they don't have to do it under God's law? Right. And, and well, here's a, the sovereignty of God means that God is in control of everything, even evil rulers. And I, I'll give you, for instance, the Jews kept going after idolatry. And so finally, in 722, God got tired of it, brought in the evil Assyrian government to destroy the northern half of, of, of the Jews. Southern Israel, called Judah, didn't learn the lesson, kept going after idols too. So in 586 BC, God brings in the pagan king of Babylonians, Nebuchadnezzar, to destroy the southern kingdom. So these are evil, evil Assyrian and Babylonian leaders who don't know God, and God uses them to judge and to punish his own people. I think that's what's happening in America. You know, I, America doesn't want God, and so we get, I, I think God is going to use Islamic terrorists or whatever he has to use to get our attention. 
so do you think America is past the point of no return? Mm. Only the Lord knows. Jackie, I don't see any sign in our society that we're turning back to God. I mean, this whole thing with homosexual marriage, the, when, when the Supreme Court made that decision, there was no objectivity in the press. It was all rejoicing celebration and, and the whole thing on abortion and now the abortion pill. And Jackie, I, I hope I'm wrong, but at the moment, I see no repentance in the United States on these issues. Okay, but in Minnesota, we have tax-funded abortion. Yes, we do. Does that mean that we should pay our taxes? That's a good question. I respect people that go to jail and won't pay their taxes in Minnesota for that reason. I pay my taxes because of Romans 13 where Paul says again of the evil Roman government that was throwing Christians to the lions, you pay your taxes nevertheless. So I do think we pay our taxes. Pastor Brock, do you think that um, preachers and that should endorse candidates from the pulpit? You know, uh, technically, actually, the law is if, if I got in the pulpit and said vote for Senator A, a not Senator B, I can do that personally as a pastor, but I can't say this church endorses Senator A over Senator B. I don't think it's necessary to do that, however. I would just get in the pulpit and say, would you find out who's pro-life? Would you find out who's pro-traditional marriage? Would you vote for those people regardless of what party they're in? <laughs> that, we, we're to the point now we've got to put blinders somewhat on and just vote for the people who are, who are going to try to uphold some kind of morality in America. So do you think American Christians are going to be suffering persecution? Mm -hmm. Well, we're not being beheaded like they are in some Islamist places. Uh, but I think we're starting to see the persecution of the church in the United States. Again, when this Catholic grandma loses her bakery in Oregon because she won't cake, uh, do gay wedding cakes. You know, Jackie, to me, and it's troubling that we have uh, people in, in high leadership in the Supreme Court, presidencies that are promoting this crud. What's hyper evil is when the church is promoting this crud. And Jackie, you and I used to be ELCA Lutherans. One of the reasons the church that you were baptized and still are at, Hope Lutheran, one of the reasons we left is because the ELCA pays for abortion for any reason with offering dollars. And we stayed in that denomination, tried to turn that around, went all the way to the National Assembly, and we lost two to one. So if you're an ELCA Lutheran, you put money in the plate, that money can go to pay for abortion in the church's health care plan for any reason. I got a letter from an ELCA mother. I, I wrote letters way back in 1997 to 11,000 ELCA churches saying, did you know this is where your money can go? I got a letter from, I think, a pastor's wife. Pastor Brock, I'm so glad the ELCA was there to pay for my 16-year-old daughter's abortion. And I thought, you're offering dollars at work. So uh, do, you pay your, uh, do you pay your tithe to the ELCA or to the PCUSA Presbyterian Church does the same thing? I say get out of those denominations. There are, bet, there are good biblical Presbyterian branches, Lutheran branches. You don't have to stay in the ELCA or PCUSA. But there, there are so many churches now, though, that have branched out and that people have to be careful about which church they're picking, too. They, they do. So if you're a Lutheran, you can go Missouri Synod, Association Free Lutherans, Wisconsin Synod, 
Lutheran core, LCMC, the, there's the new North American Lutheran China. If you're a Presbyterian, <clears throat> you leave the PCUSA and you join the Presbyterian Church in America or the Orthodox Presbyterian Church. Good biblical alternatives to these churches that have gone radical. Do you think there's any chance that Christians could turn it back around? There's a chance because God is God. Uh, again, I just, I, I don't, like for instance, these, like the ELCA Lutherans, the PC, there is no turn. In fact, Jackie, the ELCA just ordained its first transgender pastor. And it's a woman who thinks she's a man. So if you see her picture, she's got a little beard. Do you know that during the ordination service, presided over by the Bishop of Colorado, there was a large lightning strike outside the church, so loud that people started kind of getting nervous and giggling. But the transgender pastor who wrote the article about that event said, one, one pastor was overheard as saying, see, that's a sign that God is truly present in our, in our church. No, the lightning strike is not a sign he's for you. He's against you. But that's how blind people have become. So, Pastor Brock, do you have any advice for Christians mm -hmm. if we are going to be persecuted? Mm -hmm. I mean, is here, there something here, we can do to here, prepare for this? Yes, here's what you do. Right now you start praying, Lord, help me be willing to suffer for you. If I have to lose my bakery, my florist shop, if I have to stop being a pharmacist or a doctor, Lord, help me be willing to put you above my paycheck. Help me be willing to suffer for you. I think that's something every Christian now should start praying. But, Pastor Brock, people have to support their families, too. They do. And, and so you somehow trust God will bring in, when he, you know, the old saying from Sound of Music, when God closes a door, he opens a window. <laughs> so you just trust that God will somehow take care of you. But, you know, persecution, we've been so fortunate, and it's creeping oh, yeah. in. Yeah. Um, is there a way to turn it back to stop it? I, I think when we have our next election, everybody, would you find out what the candidates believe about forcing Christians to do gay weddings or forcing Christians to pay for contraceptives or abortion? Find out what the candidates believe and vote on those issues. Again, the reason we have this problem in America is because tons of Christians voted their bank book instead of their moral beliefs. And that's why we got this mess. Pastor Brock, maybe we've only got 30 seconds left. Do you think maybe we should pray for it? Let's do. Everybody, let's pray. God the Father, we would pray for the United States that somehow you would turn our nation back to you. Raise up prophets throughout our land that will cry out and, and call people to repentance. Lord, help each of us be willing to suffer for you if it comes to that, and, and give us the grace to obey no matter what. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for being with us. Thank you for watching the Pastor Study. You can watch more of our programs at pastorstudy.org. We are on the air preaching the gospel of Christ because of our generous support of you, our viewers. Would you consider supporting our ministry? You may do so at pastorstudy.org or write the Pastor Study, P.O. Box 41294, Minneapolis, Minnesota 55441. May the blessing of our one triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you today and always.